from what's on to what matters. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. Welcome back to the program. The corridor for a future 30-kilometre rail freight link between Fassifern and Hexham, designed to alleviate rail congestion around Newcastle and the Hunter, was confirmed by the New South Wales Government on Friday. The preserved corridor stretches from Fassifern in the south to Hexham in the north, bypassing Newcastle's urban areas, which will help remove congestion on passenger rail lines and bring to an end the long freight rails that co- that are clogging traffic at Adamstown and Islington. Business hunter boss Bob Hawes says that the state government's announcement of the f- rail freight corridor to the west of Newcastle is a good start, but there's still a long way to go. Bob joins me on the line now. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Well, thanks, Tracy. It's good. What do you think of the uh, of the corridor? Uh, yeah, look, it, it is. This has been on the on the <laughs> the advocacy books for a long time. Really, going back before the closure of the BHP and the talk of a multi-purpose terminal in Newcastle, and uh, and and the and the you know realizing that as the 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 freight and logistics task around the Hunter got busier, or through the Hunter got busier, um, the rail line that we have at the moment was just going to become more problematic, and that's what we're seeing now, whereby you know, people keep complaining about how slow the trains are. Um, but we're never going to get them a lot quicker than what we can at the moment. However, we're mixing, you know, 1.5 kilometre long freight trains with um, with passenger services that are trying to trying to get past them and can't. So this will make a big difference to the to the future of uh, transport and train travel around the region and 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 more abroad. And look, it has been such a bugbear for so many people for so long. You know, those Adamstown gates, I know they've been the subject of uh, several elections so far, and uh, the same with Clyde Street, Islington. Obviously, that will make a big difference to uh, to the people of the Hunter, to residents, the fact that they can actually get through those rail lines much, much quicker. Absolutely, but it's also the freight and logistics task for many of our businesses around the region at the moment. I mean, it's, uh, it's not just the issue of, of getting stopped at those gates, but the, the fact that... Um, that those delays and the, and the slowness in travel times causes inefficiencies which just create additional costs. Um, and even though this project is going to have a high capital cost, there's no doubt about that, um, the benefits will be long-term. Um, and if we can make that task of more efficient around moving goods and services around the state, um, it not only benefits the community and consumers, but it affects, uh, impacts the businesses that are trying to be competitive on a national and global stage so very important piece of infrastructure and we've got work to do now to make sure that they continue on with the process to acquire the corridor and then commit to um, a business case um, and to fund it and build it. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? We've got the uh, we've got the line, but we still don't have any of the the properties. We don't have any of the fun. We haven't basically. There's no. There's nothing on the ground yet. What uh, What are you hearing? Is the timeline for for us to actually start that being built? Yeah, well, they haven't in the just the you know very recent hunter transport strategy update. The only thing that was committed in the timeline was the process to do what they're doing now was to complete the investigation and the consultation to identify the corridor and then have it marked so that it, you know, it'll now appear on, will in or shortly appear on zoning plans and so on um, as a reservation and clear and obvious to everybody. So in a sense, they've ticked that box, um, but there was nothing in the longer-term strategies that, that you know, uh, referred to, you know, there was motherhood statements about improving connectivity and infrastructure, but not, not the corridor specifically. So it's now our task, and I think if you bear in mind, you know, what's, what's happening with, 
talk about fast rail and faster rail and the need to untangle the, the freight, the, the passenger line, I should say, but as well as, you know, the recent uh, um, issues and the success that the Port of Newcastle have had in, in, in unshackling their opportunity to do um, some for more container trade changes the imperative to, to, to look at this freight uh, line to be able to bring it forward rather than just have it loll about for, for 10 or 15 years until um, they decided that it was uh, necessary. So there's some very good and strategic and cohesive reasons to suggest that we should be bringing this project forward. Bob, it appears at the moment there's quite a few projects that, uh, in quotation marks, that need to be brought forward. That is just one of them. The other one is, of course, Hunter Park. Uh, there's been so many you know, surveys done on that, so many business cases done. You know, we see that Venues New South Wales have apparently completed the business uh, business study and the business case for that to move forward. But uh, once again, we're, we're still not moving on, on any of this stuff. It is, it is at the moment, as you said, motherhood statements. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the, particularly where you have, as is the case with Hunter Park, which was similar to Honeysuckle, Similar to Barangaroo or White Bay in Sydney, and then and even the even the other food market, the fish market project around in Sydney, they hang around for a long time when governments are required to put their hand in their pocket to front end investment to get them moving. Uh, it seems to be an inevitability, and sometimes it seems to take longer in the regions than it does in, in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, we, the the real imperative there, and it, it's no different. The, the Hunter Park requires an upfront investment from the government to to look at moving uh, the, the 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 trotting track to free up the land, and also then committing a significant amount of expenditures to build that new arena to allow redevelopment of the entertainment centre, which will then free up opportunity both. Where, around where the trotting track is or additional opportunities so private sector can come and look at hotels and so on but also the possibility of uh, um, redefining and rede- re- re- redeveloping the land around where the where the entertainment centre um, is now um, as, as, as they then move into opportunities to help it get toward a funding model that, that part pays for itself as they engage with the private sector. Um, I, th- I just think it's you know it's one of those things and w- it's now incumbent on us that they have tick those initial boxes to, to move things forward that as a region we've now got to start um, in earnest the process of advocating to, mm. to have the project move forward. Because it's a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? We, we need that money to, uh, to start it and it is just so vital, both, both the freight the freight line and, and Hunter Park. They're both so vital to the future of this city and where we go to from here, not to mention the, the Port of Newcastle. It really is a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? We, we need the government to put their, mon- their hands in their pocket, but on the flip side, it may not be tomorrow or, or the next day, but they will get that money back. Yes, uh, it's a good point because it's it's sometimes not necessarily a direct um, payback on, on what they've invested, but it's a uh, it's the the multipliers and the economic benefits that flow from those projects. They get back in um, high transaction um, fees, um, you know, stamp duty, and a whole bunch of other things, taxes and things um, that the government actually does benefit from it from it in due course. And really, Hunter Park, you know, with the intensity of the development that can happen there and the sort of activity that it could support based on that master plan that's been revealed. Um, it really would be um, significant. And when you think about that piece of land in the context of the east coast of Australia and how close it is to a major regional city, um, it's a bit of a no-brainer um, and 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 really um, uh, deserving of support. And I, I think there's going to be many people and many stakeholder groups up here pushing for that um, as we move into the election 
campaign in uh, in March next year. It would be nice just to have uh, an 11,000 seat seat stadium. You know, we still don't have our convention centre, which we've been waiting on for, well, as long as I've been alive. Um, you know, there's there are so many of, of these, uh, these, you know, economic points that could make such a huge difference to, to the city. And, and we just seem to be sitting in, in this investigation, this business case study. You know, it's taken us too long to get uh, you know, the port unshackled. There really does seem to be a reticent to do anything here in Newcastle. It really is a slowdown when it comes to doing things. But as you said, we've got a brand new stadium in uh, in Sydney that was turned around in uh, you know in, in two years, 18 months, yet we still can't get anything moving here in Newcastle. Yeah, I think we've got to be mindful that, um, um, uh, that particularly in regional areas, it has always, in a way the state legislation is tricked up and uh, you've always got to be mindful of how those business cases stack up and it's always difficult in regional and rural areas to get that BCR one that's required if you're going to be getting the funding out of the funding portals like Restart New South Wales. And, And in a competitive sense, um, you know, it's it's difficult when when you see the needs of, of big capital cities like Sydney and Melbourne compared to regional areas. But having said that, I think there is a tremendous argument, and I think Honeysuckle has now shown that that there is an element in some of these regional areas they can get tremendous bang for their buck mm. because there there is a bit of build and they will come. And I think the entertainment centre would be no different. I mean, at the moment, I, I just I have no doubt that there would be acts that would look at that as a possibility of staging something in Newcastle wouldn't be happy with it and would either defer or not come here or go up to the vineyards or do something else or go to another city. Whereas if you have a facility that is capable of hosting things, you know, 24-7, just about, you know, 365 days a year because it's in, indoors and it's got all the environmental protections in place and et cetera, et cetera, I've got no doubt that the, the, the custom and the interest in using that sort of facility would escalate two or threefold compared to what we have now. And wouldn't that be a great thing for the city? So you've got to take those things into account of that greater benefit of what, what that, that, that wheel that starts turning in regional areas where government can get tremendous bang for their buck if they look at it closely. And as, as I say, I think we can demonstrate we can do that. It's just making sure we've got the gaze of government and years of government mm. to listen to us in that context. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. I'm speaking with uh, Business Hunter CEO Bob Hawes. Bob, you must have been very excited uh, when the... Uh, the port legislation went through a couple of weeks ago. That just changes uh, everything for us here in Newcastle, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a big difference. Can make a tremendous difference. And I know the port's excited, and, and you know, finally that they can realise their ambition. You know, not only about getting a container trade, but spending a lot of money in the region <laughs> to yeah. get it there. And I'm excited by the prospects of, of what that will bring in itself. Um, and it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a, it's not going to be easy. You know, we've got, we've, they've got to get approvals in place and, and actually do the build, and then they've got to get the interest of the various um, freight and logistics company and see and the, the people that actually transport the containers to, to want to come here. Um, and I think they can do that. They've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to talk to different um, organisations that are in that in that supply chain um, to gauge their interest in Newcastle. Um, and I think the prospects are very good to finally have, you know, when you think about it, it's over 20 years ago that site was vacated by DHP, finally have a level of economic activity operating on it. 
um, that is was, was even a, a modicum <laughs> commensurate with the economic activity that was happening there um, pre pre BHP closure. So um, been a long time coming, but yeah. it's very exciting prospect. Obviously, it's going to be a very busy period of time for you between now and March. Uh, you've got a state election. You're going to be starting to lobby both sides of government and uh, really make sure that uh, Newcastle and the Hunter are put on the agenda. Are you confident? Uh, yeah, look, I, I, as I say, I think, you know, we, even though we've still got some big, as you rightly say, big ticket items that seem to be keep getting pushed to one side, we've done pretty well since, uh, you know, over the last 10 years when you, when you look back and look at some of the revitalisation and the, some of the road projects, the bypasses and the inner city bypass, the things that have been able to get onto the, um, uh, to the platform of being funded and committed to and Newcastle Airport and so on and so forth. So we, we, we've, we've been able to achieve a fair bit, but we've got a long way to go. You know, we're, there's a lot of ambition resting on the shoulders of the folks here in the Hunter, um, not only with getting the business as usual economy back up and going, but also the new economy opportunities such as what's happening in en- renewable energy. Um, Defence is a, is a big one. Um, even what we can get out of the John Hunter Health and Innovation Precinct um, in, in MedTech and, and also international travel once the airport does achieve its purpose or ambition to to do that. So there's a, there's a lot more to come. We've got a lot of work to do, but it's, it really is... Um, you know, we've started the process. Um, we've, we've got to get on with the job, and uh, and hopefully, government will lend its ear to us and and listen to us so that we can get some of these things moving forward. I hope so. I really hope so. Thanks so much for your time, Bob. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's lovely to have you back in the country. Last time you and I spoke, you were obviously <laughs> beside a pool in Bali. It's nice to have you back home in God's country. Yes, thank you. It's always good to be back home. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks. Chat soon. Bye, bye, mate. See you. Bye. Oh, God love him. You are with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. That was Bob Hawes. And uh, yes, as we said at the beginning, the corridor for the future 30K rail freight link between Fassifern and Hexham. The route has been confirmed by the New South Wales government. But as usual, we still have a long, long way to go. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.